An NFL draft expert joins the show to rave about the Colts 2023 draft class. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm Zach Hicks, not joined by Jake Arthur today, uh, but you guys still know and love me, obviously, from this podcast here, Locked On Colts. You know me also from HorseshoeHuddle.com, where I am the random adjective film analyst there. You know, Jake always loves to throw a little bit of flavor on top of that, but nefarious, notorious, whatever. I'm the film guy at horseshoehuddle.com jake is a credentialed colts member of the site and of our beautiful podcast today though i'm joined by ian cummings the nfl draft analyst over at the pro football network i was looking at his stuff today and well over a thousand articles to his name over there at the pro football network i mean ian before we get into this draft talk man a thousand articles you got to calm down just a little bit like you got to chill out over there I know, dude. I swear. Sometimes I, you know, I look back. I'm like, wait a second. I wrote that much. <laughs> like, oh my god, it, it piles up, man. You don't really have a, you have time to sit back and look, man. But it's been fun. Uh, you know, started out there as an editor a, a few years ago, and then ended up writing a, an, an emergency draft piece about Chase Young because he was declaring. It's like we got to get this out. And it's like, hey, maybe you should write a little bit more. And it's all kind of cascaded to where it is now. So it's been fun. You know, this cycle especially was very fun. I feel like a lot of twists and turns all the way to the very end. Um, I'm just glad we have results to go back on, man, because I, I wrote way too many mock drafts. The guy's <laughs> the point where I'm like, I need to mix it up, deliberately mix it up just so I'm not repeating. You know, it's like, but it's fun. You know, it's we live for every cycle. It's the grind. I'm going to try and I was telling you before the call, got to try and decompress a little bit before we get on to 2024. But it's, yeah. it's, it's a fun time. always. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we're talking NFL draft class. We're obviously talking in, in Indianapolis Colts 2023 NFL draft class. And we really can't talk about this class without saying, Anthony Richardson. Like we have to spend time on Anthony Richardson. I know there were a few people in media that were lower on Anthony Richardson compared to the majority and stuff like that. I think Kuiper had him as like QB four. Uh, there were other people had him QB four, five, six, whatever, and stuff like that. Ian, I know you were one of those people who viewed him as a top 10 pick in this class, someone who believed in those traits. So Anthony Richardson, fourth overall to Indianapolis Colts. What do you think about that pick? Yeah, I love it. You know, I think that was one, if there was one coach QB fit that I wanted to manifest, it was Richardson to Shane Steichen. I think that's a phenomenal fit. I think you look what Steichen did with Jalen Hurts, you know, a tools rich quarterback who, you know, even he doesn't have nearly the tools that Richardson does. That's the exciting part, right? So, but hey, you know, he's a viable running threat, you know, enough arm talent, and he was able to build an offense around him and really create a productive attack, right? So, you know, I look at that scheming him in the right ways. I think that he can do that for Richardson too. You know, I think if there's any situation where he was going to land and it's going to be right for him it was the Colts I think and the tools just you know pop out to me that's one reason you know that's the, that's what lifted him up but I think anytime you have a quarterback with the tools that Richardson has right the question that you always ask next is 
does he show enough promise on the operational side for me to invest in that? Because we've seen quarterbacks, very tools rich before, not work out. So does he have the necessary foundation beyond that too? I mean, the tools are, you know, you don't even have to say, you don't even have to speak on that. We know it's there on the tape. But, you know, beyond that too, the pocket navigation that he has, the feel to extend plays in the pocket, you know, evade rushers habitually, instinctively, and keep his eyes up too, you know, the flashes of anticipation over the middle of the field, right? You know, he's shown that he can process the field. It's just a matter of, you know, accuracy Sometimes, you know, his mechanics can be a little out of sync at times, but I think more work with a QB trainer, and we know he's been progressing there as well. You know, you go back to the combine, he looked pretty crisp there. So, you know, I think he's trending up. He's still very young, and then the tools are, you know, it's it's viable to say that we haven't seen a quarterback with this kind of ceiling, right? So if you, yeah. if you have an opportunity to take a guy like that, you got to invest in it if you have the proper infrastructure. And I think the Colts definitely do. Right, right. So I did want to ask you, because obviously everyone here – following me knows exactly my thoughts on this quarterback. Anthony Richardson has been my guy, my QB one throughout the whole process, the guy where I'm willing to bet the house on. But for you as a draft analyst, you know, you've been doing this for years. You've been comparing guys like Anthony Richardson to much cleaner prospects like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. And again, when you look at that completion percentage and you look at the experience, it is so, so rare. Like it's hard to really compare Anthony Richardson, even to a Josh Allen type, because Josh Allen started multiple seasons. We have one season of Anthony Richardson. So with that, I know you kind of touched on it in your first answer there, but how did you feel comfortable projecting this guy as a top 10 pick when we really just didn't have like any film on him? Yeah, you know, and that's the tough part. I think, you know, just as that is a source of uncertainty, it can also be a source for excitement. He only has one year as a starter, right? You know, so it's still very early in his developmental track. You know, I would be a lot more concerned if we had two years and he hadn't shown progression, right? Or maybe he had one year where he showed promise, another where he regressed, right? So on one hand, you'd like to have a larger sample size to go off of, but you're seeing a guy who, you know, has so little experience and you like to think, you know, let's get him into the NFL right away. Let's get him with that NFL supporting cast and those coaching. And we might be able to really expedite this process. So I look at that, you know, doesn't have very much tape, doesn't ha- have very much wear on his tires. But, you know, I feel like there's an opportunity here to really take it to the next step. So I think that was part of it for me. That wasn't the whole thing because that's more of a conceptual one. Like, it's just kind of like saying like, there's not a lot to go off of. But, you know, look again, looking at the film, you know, and looking for those little operational instances where it's like, all right, he does have the capacity to go off of. I look back to, you know, last cycle, a lot of people early on in this cycle were maybe comparing Richardson to Malik Willis because, you know, similar archetype there, you think with the creation capacity, the arm talent for sure. But Malik Willis was a guy who started multiple years. And even going back to that final tape that he had, the field vision was not there. You know, a lot of times, you know, with the creation capacity, he definitely had that. The short area athleticism, the explosiveness. He's a rocked up runner for sure. But, you know, a lot of times he was getting into those chaotic situations because he couldn't process adequately in the pocket, right? And because he was, you know, waiting too long, right? And not seeing windows. So, you know, with Richardson, yeah, there's some inconsistency there, but you do see the the proper field vision, the processing. And I do think, you know, you have one, one of the highest drop rates among quarterbacks, too. So I think, you know, the accuracy, people like to point to the completion percentage. That is one of the rougher areas of this game. I also don't think it's nearly as bad or as detrimental. You know, he definitely needs to improve, but I don't think it's going to be a liability early on. I think it's more, you know, he needs to keep honing that skill. And then another thing, too. You know, a lot of people talk about athleticism and arm talent as ceiling traits, too, but that can raise his floor. I think there's a viable path where if you're Steichen, you can build an offense around that early on while he's still growing as a passer because 
he can make you miss with his agility. He can explode into space too. And if you try to tackle him one-on-one, odds are you're not going to be able to. I mean, the guy is just an elite running threat. It's very hard to stop that. And you can build an offense around that. You can make a create a tug of war for that defense between the run and then his explosive arm. I think there's a lot of ways to use it early on and down the line when he develops as a passer. So I think that ability alone opens up so many avenues for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see him in this offense with Shane Steichen. And I really think a lot of what those two are going to be able to do, like, again, we've said a lot on this podcast, you need an alien to compete in this league nowadays because all these quarterbacks are just aliens, Pat Mahomes, Josh yeah, Allen, Lamar especially Jackson. Especially in the AFC, that's where they all are. Especially in the AFC. And I think in this draft class, the only one who I think can really get to that alien level is the Greek god prospect in Anthony Richardson, the one that they just took there. Uh, coming up, guys, we're going to talk about non-Anthony Richardson draft picks that the Colts made. But first, make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of liking the Miami Heat. You know, you could have made a lot of money betting on them earlier in the playoffs, but now with the East wide open, I'm thinking about putting some money down the Miami Heat, and there's no better place to put all that money down on playoff action than America's number one sports sports book at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And everydayers, don't worry, we'll be back bright and early with you guys tomorrow to keep talking about Anthony Richardson and the Indianapolis Colts. We're done with Anthony Richardson for today, but don't worry, tomorrow I'll have a special guest, Fran Duffy from the Philadelphia Eagles.com uh, site, a phenomenal analyst, a uh, legend in my eyes. We'll have him on tomorrow to talk all Anthony Richardson. So if you guys want a full episode of just Anthony Richardson, that's going to be tomorrow morning, so set your alarms. We love you, everydayers, and we're going to bring that really cool content to you. All right, but Ian, we have you today. We don't have Fran Duffy yet. We're, we don't want to look too far ahead. And I'm I'm very happy to have you here as well, Ian. I'm not trying to look ahead to the future. We're talking other draft picks here besides Anthony Richardson now. And the Colts made a ton of picks, a lot of value picks where some people were saying, this guy that the Colts got in round three or round four should have been in the top 50. This guy they got in round five should have been maybe in the top 50. So of their day two or even day three picks, what was kind of your favorite addition to this Colts team? Yeah, well, I think all the cornerbacks, they drafted three corners, if I remember correctly. And I was a big yeah. fan of all of them. I mean, Julius Brands, first off, he was the one we expected to go where he did, right? I mean, explosive, right. super high energy, twitchy athlete, but then an albatross with his 34-inch arms, incredibly physical, both in press and in run support. I mean, he can lay the wood coming downhill, a little uncontrolled with his technique at times. I think that's where he stands to improve. But again, you're working with a very, very complete palette of traits with him. And I think that's super exciting. Uh, they got Darius Rush from South Carolina as well, who I'm very high on as well he was just outside my top 50 i think they got him in round four so i was a big fan of his i think uh, uh five round five oh round my five. god dude i forgot yeah. I, I knew a lot of corners fell man i didn't know he fell that far but uh, yeah darius rush man he's another one who i got his ras up right here but i know the six foot two 198 almost 34 inch arms again too but then he ran a four three six four three eight somewhere in that range too so he's got legitimate speed down the field to blanket guys 
incredibly fluid for his size. Some of the routes that he was running against at the Senior Bowl, I mean, he's snapping his hips down right away and decelerating with just three steps. I mean, so, super amped up, flexible, but incredible reaction to stimulus too. So, And then he's a former wide receiver, so he's got really good ball skills as well. So I think he could be a very good value deal. And then they got Jalen Jones around seven, if I remember correctly too. Yep, round seven. I, was a, I was a fan of him too, man. I mean, coming out, I think he can improve as a playmaker, right? I think the production at the at the uh, catch point is still uh, there's still room to improve there but again he's six foot two 200 very strong frame for his size lean compact uh but i think you know a lot of times t- guys just weren't thrown his way you know i think he's one of those guys who you know again he didn't run very fast and he ran like a four five seven but he had a six eight something three cone and that shows up i mean he's got very good short area agility corrective athleticism for his size and actually pretty good discipline in his technique for his age he can use his feet first he can match guys off the line use his length to direct so you know i thought I expected him to go a lot earlier, too. So getting him around seven, you know, you do have a little clutter in that CB room now, but that's never a bad thing. I mean, especially for the Colts who have, you know, a lot of guys up for contracts in, in next year. So, you know, I think that was a great trio. And then you got to you got to bring up Adebamiwa Adebaware in round four, too, man. That was a guy that I wanted to go very early. You know, I think uh, his versatility that, you, that he provides. Right. I mean, you know, and. I know uh, Tony Pauling tweeted that, you know, some teams passed on him because they didn't quite know where to play him. Right. But I think that's the benefit with him is that he really can play wherever you want. Right. I think, you know, he can still refine his hand usage. You know, he's still, for the most part, traits rich right now. You know, he's not super disciplined all the time. Sometimes he'll overshoot plays and run defense when he should just hold the line. But, you know, I do think he has the traits to be that three down defender who you can put a five tech on early downs to hold the line. He's got the strength, the leverage, the length. But then on, you know, later downs too, alongside Grover Stewart, man, put him at three tech and this guy can plow open lanes with that six foot two. 282, 449 speed, 34 inch arms. This guy's a build a three tech, man. So I I love that upside. I love the versatility, the flexibility that he provides. And, you know, I think getting him around four is a phenomenal value pick. And then even other guys like, you know, Blake Freeland, that was around where I would have taken him, round four. Yep. So I think they got the right value there. But another guy who's very traits rich, again, I, I think at his, pat, at his height, pad level, flexibility, those will be issues for him. But I do think, again, 37-inch vertical, you can't teach that. Explosive, incredibly powerful. Um, I think they really, you know, where they needed to swing for the fences, they swung for the fences. They got great value. I was a big fan of their entire class. Yeah, and I told you guys at the top of this draft, Ian was coming on just to rave about this Colts draft, and he just went for like four minutes there raving about a couple of the other picks in the class. But to add some context to what you're saying about Jalen Jones, the Colts' seventh-round pick, 19 targets last season. Just 19 targets. That's one in like every 14 coverage snaps for him. Uh, He was actually targeted last year, so very few targets. Very Rakuten-esque. I'm going to invoke that beautiful name right there for you guys listening uh but adi adi man from northwestern i'm calling him adi adi i think it's more fun i've had some pushback on that from i like it i like it yeah adi adi northwestern i love this fit in indy because like you said some teams were scared about where you play this guy look at indy though they love taking these type of guys dio adangbo Tyquan Lewis. This is the Chris Ballard mold of of pass rusher. And and yes, I'm not saying either of those guys have been like perfect hits or they've been 10 sack guys or something like that in the NFL, but keep taking shots at this. Keep taking shots at that type. And, you know, again, with Dio, Dio was a phenomenal athlete. Tyquan Lewis was an insanely explosive athlete. Adi Adi is like more athletic than those guys. Yeah. <laughs> like 281, 449. Like he's like, pretty close to the maximum, right? Yeah. You know, it, it's it's really absurd and it's exciting to think about the different things you can do with that. 
Yeah. And, and then when you get a scheme like Gus Bradley's scheme where it's so attacking, it's just gap shooting, like you're basically gap shooting. And they're now bringing in guys who can kind of do that gap shooting. You know, Samson Abukum, they got from from the 49ers who can do the gap shooting. Taven, Taven Bryan, where that's the only thing he can do yeah. is gap shoot. He can't do anything else. Another freak athlete, though. And then Adi Adi just mixed in there as well, along with Dio Dangbo, Taekwon Lewis. Look, the Colts' pass rush might not be amazing this next season, but they're going to be explosive, and they're going to make offensive linemen freaked out about these gaps every single time next season. But another draft pick I want to ask you about, because I know opinions on him were kind of all over the place. Some people had him as a first-round prospect. Others had him as more of a day three guy because of his size. But Josh Downs in round three, where did you fall on Josh Downs in this draft class? Yeah, so I loved that value. I had him as a top 30 player, I want to say, maybe top 35. But I was a big fan. I I think the size is definitely going to be the biggest question for him, around 171, right? So 5'9", 171, not one of the biggest guys. And that's going to be you know difficult for him. But I think especially for the Colts who have size on the boundaries with Michael Pittman Jr., Al Pierce, you know, I think there's an avenue for him to go to the slot right away. Um, yeah. You know, and I think especially for Josh Downs, you know, whenever a guy is an outlier, whether it's size, athleticism, you know, any trait, you ask if they have other traits to counteract that and compensate for that. And I think Josh Downs certainly does. He's very explosive. Uh, That's one thing that really stands out on his tape. The athleticism is not an issue. Not only explosive, but flexible as a route runner, too, can carry that acceleration through transitions, right? He's got enough speed to threaten vertically but he's also very flexible, very nuanced when it comes to using his spacing to manipulate defensive backs. And that's very important for me. You know, I think there's a lot of ways you can use him with that right away. And then on top of that, too, for a smaller receiver, very consistent at converting at the catch point, right? I think he had one of the highest contested catch rates this past year. You know, he's a guy who's very coordinated when it comes to reaching beyond his frame and kind of hands catching, you know, securing the ball with his hands and not letting it get into his his body. Uh, So I think when you look at all that, you know, he attacks the football for his size, I think. All of that really culminates to a very complete profile with that size, right? I think, and then he's a really good rack threat too. You know, at North Carolina, they could use him in motion, you know, give him the ball and on little drag routes and mesh routes and let him go to mm-hmm. work in space, right? He's got the burst to do that. So, you know, I think there's an avenue for him to be a very, very good playmaker. And I think he complements what the Colts have perfectly right now. So, you know, I'm excited to see. I think that was one of the better QB wide receiver pairings for me, you know, getting him and Anthony Richardson. That's an explosive combination. And when you have a lot of size to work off of too, uh, it's fun to think about. My comp for him was Doug Baldwin. You know, I think he's got the oh. same explosive athleticism, not quite top end speed. You know, they're both yeah. kind of high four four, low four five, but you know, a guy who can attack space, can separate with that combined nuance and athleticism, and then a guy who, for his size, actually attacks the football, converts very well to catch point. You know, I think you're you're working with a lot of good things with Josh Downs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm really excited about his fit. And just, you know, again, Shane Steichen, you're going to have an offense that is so predicated on three-by-one sets, bunch sets, empty personnel. You need a weapon like this. You need your quick winner, a guy who can win really easily on either on the backside or as the innermost receiver on these sets. But also, like you mentioned there on like the mesh concepts and stuff like that, if you're running, if you're running bunch, you need to have that receiver who can just slip under the bunch and has that explosiveness and the quickness to create after the catch. I'm really excited for his fit in this team with this team, especially again, you have the trees on the outside. You even have the tree in Jelani Woods on the middle as well. <laughs> Adding a Josh Downs to that, along with obviously this this unicorn of a quarterback. I think it's gonna be a really great fit. But coming up, guys, we're gonna talk about some undrafted free agents. Yes, Ian has also watched some of these undrafted free agents. I told you he's a wealth of knowledge. We're gonna talk about these undrafted free agents coming up in just a second. All right, guys, so we're talking undrafted free agents. The Colts, I think now, because they missed it one season, I think it's been 
I want to say it's like 24 of the last 25 years they've had an undrafted free agent make the roster. I think it's 24 of 25. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Definitely call me out on Twitter if that is wrong, but it's something like that. They've missed it once in the last 20-something years. Uh, I think there's a good chance this season, though, that they continue that trend of undrafted free agents making the team. And obviously the main one is Emila Keyor Jr., guard out of Alabama. Ian, this was a guy that we... I, I, you know, consensus wise, this was a, like a top 150, top 200 guy who yeah. slipped to the undrafted free agent range. Why do you think teams kind of passed on him? And do you think he has a good chance of making a roster in Indy where, you know, a guard, it's kind of wide open? Yeah. And that, that was the first thing that stood out to me when I was looking at the undrafted free agent class and like where guys have the best chance to break onto the roster. Like their interior depth is is fairly wide open. You know, I think it's yeah. one of those things where they have guys, but there's not not a lot solidified there, you know, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Ryan Kelly, what's his long term situation looking like, too? Yeah, we don't know because there was rumors about him being traded potentially this offseason. Mm-hmm. I think he's got two years left on his deal. You know, they're what they were kind of talking about it a little bit. So like I think he'll be here this next season. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like that's for sure, and we'll see how, kind of how where that goes. But I, lo- I love that you brought that up because, yeah, we don't know what his long-term situation is and if he's going to be the center of 2024, 2025 for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I remember there were trade rumors, right? You know, nothing really came of it at the time, but it's one of those things where it's still kind of lingering there. Like, how long is this guy going to be here? And it's one, one of those things, ideally, you're not in a position where an undrafted free agent has to be relied on to compensate for that, right? But, you know, it is something to watch. And I, Emil Ekior, for me, was the top 200 prospect. You know, I thought he was safely draftable. You know, that's the thing with, you know, the draft, man. I mean, once you get into that day three range, it really is up to the individual team's board. And you see a lot of players fall who in the media are very much worth the pick just because other teams, teams, I mean, first off, teams have way bigger staffs. They have a lot of room to differentiate and kind of vary, you know, across the board, a lot more reach, right? So, you know, maybe there's a guy from like Southwest Oklahoma State that you didn't get a chance to watch that this one team really likes. So it's one of those things where once you get to day three, the variability is much higher and good players go undrafted every year they do i think emil ecuador is a solid player you know i think the build for me is the most exciting thing around six two and a half i want to say three fourteen pounds near 34 inch arms 33 34 so you know whenever i look for trench players i'm partial to guys who have that combination of natural leverage and proportional length natural leverage is just a safe way of saying he's a little shorter right but hey short <laughs> short kings unite right but you know i think um yeah, you know, f- football is a game of leverage. It's a game of pad level. You know, you got to be able to get under guys too, but then also having the longer arms to make contact first to drive more power. You know, I think that's very valuable. And on Ekior's tape, that shows up as a strength where he can really get under guys. He can drive through, channel that power with his lower body as well. You know, he's got pretty good anchor strength as well. I think he's a decent athlete too. Maybe not elite, but I think uh, straight line burst into contact is a strength of his. Uh, and then at the same time, physical finisher, right? I think his profile, that size profile that I mentioned, you know, he he played at guard, but there was some talk among evaluators this cycle that he could maybe be a, a candidate to move inside the center, too. Yep. So I think, you know, looking ahead to the future, you know, he could be a guy who you look at in the depth wing for the Colts and is like, hey, if we need to play him a guard, he can. But if we need him to slide to center, he could potentially do that, too. I think having that versatility, you know, whenever you're a team and you're making those roster decisions, how can we, you know, how can we coalesce it from two players to one in this spot? You know, get a guy who can play guard and center. That roster efficiency, I think, could be an added bonus for him down the line. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I still think the Colts are a candidate to add a free agent at right guard. You know, obviously a Dalton Reisner type could be added in there. But 
as of right now, I think he has a good chance competing with Will Fries to be the starting right guard, which is crazy to think of an undrafted free agent. Who knows what the Colts ultimately do to? They might put Blake Freeland at left tackle and Bernard Ryman at right guard. Like there are a lot of different options here for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, but I really like this guy's fit with the team. And and yeah, I think long-term or short-term, he could be the right guard this next season. So we'll see what happens there. Some other undrafted free agents, some notable ones that I enjoyed on film. Cody Crest from Sam Houston State. I really think he should have been drafted. I I, I really enjoyed his film. Uh, I think he's he, he kind of looks like the, the FCS version of Alec Pierce on film, where it's like everything's like a go ball yeah. <laughs> like a lot of go balls and a lot of just like one-on-one but you see the speed you see the explosion oh, yeah. on film and you could see him go up and get it i remember just watching him just the other day and i was like oh just another alec pierce great awesome i love me some alec pierce there but what do you think of cody crest on film yeah i mean kind of what you mentioned right? i mean he's a vertical guy but i mean we we talked about what shane steichen's offense is it's vertical very vertically oriented i think having a guy like cody crest who can you know convert on that you know he's a little smaller than than pierce for sure i think he measured yeah. in at six foot 198 i want to say slightly under 31 inch arms so he's kind of wiry but compact too but i think um 438 speed which that's legit and especially the fcs that really stands out you know being able to threaten defenses vertically but then also convert the catch point to track the ball downfield kind of convert in that phase so yeah i think the speed is the biggest thing with him but then also i think he had a six seven seven three cone too so he's got yeah. the agility in, in that toolbox too is very exciting 38 inch vertical right so anytime you know i love to isolate those wide receivers with those kinds of physical tools especially in the udfa pool uh, because especially if you can get him in, into an offensive fit like this, where like, hey, if he if he does make the roster and if he does get some rotational reps, simply having that speed to to uh, threaten down the field can be very valuable. Yeah, yeah, I love him as like a Kez Watkins type guy in mm-hmm. Shane Steichen's offense. Just what he was doing, just long over routes, occasional deep shots maybe only 15 to 20 targets a season, but that's all you need. That's all you need to make something happen. I think that's more of a long-term fit. Obviously, again, an FCS guy, undrafted free agent, has a journey to make the roster, but I was impressed on film. And I I love that speed too, you know, especially for undrafted guys, you know, being able to make an impact as a special teamer, right? If you have four, three, eight speed, get down the field quickly as a gunner, that can really help your chances. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We have a great one in Ashton Doolin here currently on the roster and having another one like Cody Crest could certainly help. Uh, Last undrafted free agent I wanted to talk to you about is Liam Anderson from Holy Cross. I know a lot of people don't know this name because he wasn't on a bunch of like mock draft simulators or anything like that. Uh, But I was told early in the off season that the Colts like Liam Anderson. So I watched a couple of his games and, I get a very like Forrest Ryan type type of prospect in my head. I get like Forrest Ryan, Jojo Doman type. Like this is going to be a good special teamer, you know, from day one. And he didn't really do too much of it in college, but I really enjoyed watching his film. I think there's some good playmaking ability there with Liam Anderson. What are your thoughts on Liam Anderson from Holy Cross though, Ian? Yeah, I didn't get to watch as much as him as I wanted to. You know, like it's more that I have an awareness of him, unfortunately. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where you know my scope ends. But I remember he had very good size. I want to say, you know, I yeah. want to say he was uh, listed at six three two thirty, a guy who was a tackling machine for sure. You know, I think just having that size alone is very valuable. But again, I didn't watch as much of him as, as I wanted to. But that Holy Cross defense, I wanted to get around to it more because they got John Smith, a corner that I liked as well. But yeah. um. Yeah, I know the size has been the biggest part of his appeal. Yeah, size. He's got some decent speed as well. I, I, again, just a special teamer, but special teams matters. Special I want to look up his pro, day, his pro day results now. Hang on. Yeah, okay, okay. I'll, uh, I'll keep talking while you're looking it up. But yeah, no, Liam see. Anderson from Holy Cross. Uh, again, I was told earlier in the offseason this was a guy where 
the Colts were really looking at him. They kind of viewed him in that Forrest Ryan type role that they had last season. Again, just a, a camp body guy who comes in and works hard and and maybe makes a little bit of noise. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's how the Colts viewed him. Yeah, here we go. 6'3", 226, 4'5", 5 speed. That'll that'll play. That'll play there right go. there. There yeah, we go. Good. 33 and a half inch, 10, eight broad. No, yeah, 10, eight. That's him. 10, eight. So very good explosiveness too. 29 and three eighths arms though. So they're oh. two eighths arms. So it's a proportional. <laughs> he's got, he's got, he's like a T-Rex out there, but he's uh, again, the, the range, the tackling ability, the size again, like I said, you know, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's a role for him for sure. And I think especially when you're an undrafted free agent, getting, breaking in with that special teams ability can be really, uh, really big. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know we're talking undrafted free agents, but I did want to ask you about one more draft pick that we kind of ran out of time in the last segment, though. And this is a guy where I'm weirdly too excited about him because I just watched some of his film and I'm like, I know he's older, but like, this is a freak athlete. It's Daniel Scott. Daniel Scott yeah. Oh my gosh, man. I was watching some of his film and I guess I feel wrong saying this, but he was my favorite watch of their day three picks. And I, and I love Darius Rush. Like Darius Rush is a yeah. blast on film. But Daniel Scott, the, the, the couple flashes, I was like, oh, man, like <laughs> this could be really good. What do you think about Daniel Scott? Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, especially in this class, right, just watching the safeties was really weird because there's so yeah. many niche guys who are you know, primarily slot defenders, right, you know, or box attacking box safeties. And Daniel Scott comes along and he's a guy who's playing too high, playing single high, you know, and he can come into the slot and play off man and mirror guys. You know, he's shown that he can do that. But he shows legitimate range when he turns his hips and runs, man. You know, I think the reaction to stimulus for him is very appealing. Uh, another guy who's pretty rocked up. I think he's like 6'2", over 200 pounds, man. So he's, you know, big. He's strong. And then the way that he moves is just so fluid, so effortless for that size, too, man. I was a big fan. You know, when he tested, I was like, I got to get eyes on this guy because the testing numbers were really, really appealing. But he's got range. He's got ball skills. But then very functional in the way that he plays safety as well, managing space. You know, very physical coming downhill. He's willing to tackle. You know, he's active in the contact box. So that was a fun pick for me. I, I remember that when you brought it up. But yeah, they got him on day three, and I was like, okay, safety depth. But this is a guy who can play a lot of different roles for you: single high, two high, playing in the box. You know, outside the slot too. I think um, that versatility is going to be valuable. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see where he goes because ultimately having that versatility, especially with Nick Cross out there, you know, I think that's going to be a fun. That could be a fun pairing if he ends up getting on the defense. Yeah, those two plus Rodney Thomas, who was a star last year as well as a rookie, like a lot of really good, talented secondary players, a lot of young, talented secondary players here in Indy. But guys, that is all we have for today. Make sure all of you beautiful everydayers tune in again tomorrow when we have the legendary Fran Duffy on to talk about Anthony Richardson. But this was the Ian Cummings episode at IC underscore draft. I told you guys he's an encyclopedia of knowledge. And my gosh, he definitely showed it on this film, on this episode here. So make sure you guys are following him on social media. Uh, one of the best draft minds out there. And if you don't already, follow us on social medias at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter. Also, subscribe to Locked on Colts podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We love your ratings, reviews, and we'll see you guys back here bright and early tomorrow on Wednesday.